Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, sis, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm super excited to be sharing with you this week a throwback episode. So periodically I will do a throwback episode Um, that I thought was really good and just wanted to circle it back around to the podcast. So this episode in particular is going to be on mother-daughter trauma. Um, I have actually a couple of episodes coming up that are going to be very new and in-depth around mother-daughter trauma, but I wanted to really talk about um, this episode in particular to kind of segue us into that topic For myself and maybe a lot of you, um, I've experienced trauma with my mom and not in a way of, you know, maybe something that would feel extremely um, traumatic to some, but me and my mom's relationship has gone through definite ebbs and flows, especially as I've been an adult. And so you're going to hear from me and Dr. Charlotte Walker, who did this episode last year. We went really in depth around our relationships with our mom. If you've heard that episode, I think it would be really good to listen to again, just on the topic of mother-daughter trauma. Additionally, I have an expert that's coming to the podcast during some time of the holidays or early next year. Um, And she is going to be actually talking about mother-daughter trauma. She is a therapist that specializes in mother-daughter trauma and that actual relationship. So I'm really excited for you all to hear those episodes, as well as me and Dr. Shiloh Walker are going to do an update episode on where we are now with um, just our relationship with our moms and how to maintain that relationship without having hardness of heart. So I'm very excited about those episodes coming up. So, So to segue us into these podcasts, I definitely would love for you to just to take advantage of listening to these. Um, And so this episode is going to be how to deal with trauma for your mom with me and Dr. Charlotte Walker. So I hope you enjoy and let's get into the episode. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. Are you someone that has been listening to this podcast and you definitely are ready to take the step in looking for a therapist? Are you someone that is interested in finding an African-American therapist, maybe of a Christian therapist and don't know where to start? I've got you covered, girl. Let's cut out the Google searches and let me help you find a therapist that's right for you. So in this webinar, I'll share with you how you can find a therapist that's just right for you. This webinar will cover how you can find a therapist in your area, 
Maybe you want to find a therapist that's virtual, low cost options, how to find a therapist, maybe with or without insurance. I'll also cover specifically all of the websites you can utilize to be able to find an African-American therapist and even a Christian therapist. So I promise you, I won't leave you hanging that is not the only thing we're going to cover in this webinar. As a bonus, I also will include my consultation question ebook. So when you call a therapist, you know exactly what questions you need to ask, specifically even asking them questions about their faith and if you can include that in your sessions. This ebook has all of the questions that you want to ask, as well as it'll give you the opportunity to really advocate for yourself for your mental health journey. If you're interested in starting therapy, definitely go to helpmefindatherapist.com. Again, that's helpmefindatherapist.com or go to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait for you to start your mental health journey. Now let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Raza Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And today, y'all, sis, I have an amazing episode for y'all. I am so incredibly excited because me and my sis literally just met like last week. Yes. It was last week. Yes. But I feel like we are long lost sisters. We are because I just found out that your middle name is Renee and so is mine. Period. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We belong together like Mariah Carey. <laughs> I ain't even told y'all about her yet. You see, we already cut up. <laughs> so I want to introduce my sis, Mrs. Charlotte Walker. Go ahead and say, hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up? I'm Charlotte Walker. I am the host of the Goggles and Girl Talk podcast. I'm a nurse practitioner. I'll be out here taking care of people's kids. I love Jesus and don't play about him, period. I've been doing too much. I'm team to do the most. So, <laughs> okay. So, well, you start by telling us a little bit of what you do. So, yes, you're a nurse practitioner, a wife. What are some of the other things that you do? So, I'm a nurse practitioner. I also am a certified breastfeeding specialist. So, I actually just got my doctorate in nursing back in May. And my program that I started was to like, we have to do a project. So, my project was to bring breastfeeding education to our underserved area, particularly to increase breastfeeding rates among African-American mothers. And so the clinic that I work at, we see a lot of my cousins and we were able to do that. And it's been really dope to be able to do that. I have a consulting program that I'm starting to help other nurses move their expertise beyond the bedside. It's called More Than Just a Nurse. So we'll be doing some nonprofit consulting because I have a nonprofit organization. Look at you. (laughs) where we serve youth, women ages 14 to 24 um, that are in foster care. So we provide life skills, education, all the things, just helping them get their life. Yes. So she has a podcast, y'all. And listen, I'm going to give you all the backstory of how I started listening to her. So for those of you that don't know, I am a part of the Anchor Media Network with Tatum Samedia. Shout out to Tatum. Hey, 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 this the Blessed Boss Up podcast. And so I kept seeing Charlotte's name come up when I would go listen to Tato's podcast. Long story short about how I had to unsubscribe from all my podcasts. But that's a whole nother story. And so I specifically would go to podcasts, the ones that I listen to consistently to go listen to their episodes. And I would constantly see her podcast icon come up. And I was like, you know what? Let me just go look. Let me, let me just go look at this. I was like, this is cute. She got pink on her fly. Let's like, let me just go. So girl, I found an episode. I was doing my makeup one day and I was listening to an episode on imposter syndrome. And I said, oh my Jesus, the snatching, the getting together, the using cultural terms to describe 
what you want to get across. You know what I'm saying? The commercials, like the commercials were just put together. It was just a podcast of intentionality, baby girl. Okay. And I was like shookington by the message and I just instantly started listening to our podcast. And so I was like, I got to have her on my show. And when we did our console, we talked for like an hour and a half. Yes. I found out that she was my best friend. Girl, listen. Okay. And so I was like, but also she talked about her therapy journey. And I was like, oh, I really, really want her to come on the podcast and share it. And then as we further started talking, I realized she has a lot to share in regards to therapy, but just overall healing with God, which is what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and what got you started with that? God. (laughs) No. So my podcast is the God Goes and Girl Talk podcast. Literally, it was just a show that was made out of obedience to God. I love to talk, but also I told Rosalind, like, I'm an extroverted introvert. So like, at first I'm very quiet. I just kind of feel things out and make sure that I'm in a safe space so y'all can really like see who I am on the inside. But God had told me to start a podcast and I was obedient. And so here I was doing this podcast every week was just kind of like minding my business. Didn't tell anybody that I was doing it besides my husband. And this podcast was out. A friend of mine introduced me to Tatum's podcast. And so it really kept me like, okay, in this space of obedience, really stepping out. And when I found out that Tatum was doing the Find Your Voice Academy, I was like, I got to do this. Like, I'm going to be more intentional in walking in this thing that God has given me with excellence. Because I was doing it, but I was doing it like, I'm going to be obedient because I don't want to smoke with you. And I wasn't doing it like, oh, I'm about to be out here really as a podcast host, right? Because I was dealing with this level of imposter syndrome of like, child, who's seminary school I don't want to? Nobody's. But it doesn't require that, right? Like God will qualify those people that he calls into position. And he was like, girl, what I tell you to do? And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so now fast forward, I started the show in 2019. It was New Year's Eve, <laughs> 2019. And I was like, get started. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like go on Fiverr, find someone to do a podcast. Thing. And he said, I said, get started. I'm like, who starts stuff on New Year's Eve? But okay. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then let me just point out a couple of things you said, because you talked about, you were told to do it and then you just acted in obedience. Yeah. That's like a lot of things that I think as women, sometimes we hold on to of not starting because we think we have to have all these things to start. Mm-hmm. And really, you just have to start. But yeah. from you starting, you cultivated a small ground to where yeah. it's been expanded to. It's beautiful. Isn't it like amazing how it reaches people? I, I mean, I started out, I had this little raggedy like thing I made on Canva. <laughs> It was like black and yellow. It was like a little microphone said, God Girls and Gold Talk podcast. That then transformed into like this character art. I didn't feel confident enough in myself to do the intro. So I had this woman on Fiverr do it. And when Tatum listened to my podcast, she was like, who is this white woman? (laughs) But it was just whatever God told me to do. I knew I wanted to improve. And so to see where the show is now, you listen to episode one, which is still one of the most like listened to episodes of my podcast, which I find really strange. I did not have a fancy microphone. I had this $20 microphone. And I just got started and was really sharing my heart. A lot of the episodes overflow from my quiet time. So a lot of stuff, I feel like that's why it's so personal to me, because the way that your edges be feeling snatched, I have to recover my edges off the floor in a dustpan so I can get them reinstalled. I am excited (laughs) when I get snatched. I was in the car like, Charla, Charla, like 
in syllables mm. in between your name. Like, girl, it's you better snatch me. So going into kind of like within relationship with God, we're going to talk a little bit about your mental health journey mm-hmm. and what that looks like for you. Because there's a big part of your story that I can't wait to dig into when you talked about when you left therapy and went and now are kind of, you know, doing this with the Lord from the tools you gained. But talk to us a little bit about your mental health journey and where did that start? Oh, child, because <laughs> this is a long journey. And honestly, it's a continuum, right? Like what I've learned as I've continued throughout this more than anything, it's just like with our health, right? It's a continuum. So just because I say I graduated therapy, when I graduated my DNP program, I hit up my therapist. I was like, sis, we did it. <laughs> we did it <laughs> and still touch base. But as we go through this thing called life, there's continuums in different phases. So when I get pregnant and all of that, I'm sure I'm going to be right back in therapy because I need new tools for the new season. So what the biggest thing I feel like I want to start with is that this is a continuum. So it's not like this, I have arrived moment, but more so like I've graduated and I'm out here and able to use the tools to really do what God has called me to do. He's just pushed me in a different direction, Um, but we had to deal with the foundation first. And so I grew up, I'm a middle child, number two or four. My parents were both military. My mom was in the Marines. My dad retired army. And we dealt with just a lot of different challenges, specifically with my mom. So my mom was physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive to me and my sisters. And so by the time I became an adult, I saw a lot of toxic traits (laughs) that I did not realize until going to therapy that I had that I really needed to deal with. And it's not to push blame on anybody. My parents, one thing that God revealed to me is a couple of things, therapy and God. My mother can only parent to the capacity to which she has, right? And she, you know, when she's dealing with things, et cetera, et cetera, she's doing the best that she can with what she has. She's also been impacted with, so, you know, therapy taught me that, but then God was like, you know, your mom was in the Marines and we know that, you know, women can often be abused or sexually assaulted or whatever, what have you in the military. So there may be some unspoken trauma that she has. And so she's dealing with you and your sister, she's dealt with y'all out of that, doing the best that she could with what she has. And so it really helped me love her differently because there was a time where I was like, look, she could fall off the planet. I'd be all right. (laughs) But that walk of forgiveness and truly understanding that one, she's dealing with the level of mental illness herself. And then two, gracing her um, while still having boundaries because uh, boundaries are bliss um, while still having boundaries, blessing her and gracing her and loving her and being able to show up and show her what Christ looks like. Right. Even if she doesn't know Um, my parents were, I just turned 31 on Friday. And so my parents are 55 and 56. Like, so I think my dad was 24 when they had me. My mom was 25. Me at 25 did not have my life together, let alone. Me at 25 was out here driving to Atlanta, going to the liquor store to buy a huge bottle of Hennessy. That was Roslyn. Come on, Hennessy. No ice. There's a song that's could never Could never <laughs> pay me right now to try to take shots of Hennessy. But that is where the Lord brought me from, okay? That was okay. Deliverance. <laughs> to think of, girl. Having two whole humans at 25. having a child? gosh no I had just finished nursing school was trying to recover myself like there's no way but then understanding that you know that's where they were coming from and then you know their own parents and all of that therapy really allowed me to sort it out and remove 
not remove her from her actions, but look at things objectively. Yeah. Right? And not be so emotionally and tied to it. So what did the beginning stages look like for you? Like, what were the things that made you say, I need to go talk to someone? Like, were you experiencing a lot of overwhelm, anxiety? Overwhelm, anxiety. I'm like super sweet at baseline, but there's this part of me that would be like, oh, I'm angry. So here we go. Right. Like, so once my husband calls it the savage, like once the savage shows up, it takes a while to get there. But once I get there, there's no coming back. I'm Jasmine Sullivan. I'll bust the windows out your car. (laughs) Period. And I know that that's not healthy. Getting into a marital relationship was really, I was like, I got to do something because one of us, this ain't going to end well. (laughs) Like, it's not going to end well. And so really, I got saved when I got married. Like, safe, safe. Like, I've always knew God. My grandmother, my Gigi is both my grandmothers, but really my Gigi, she was a Bible study teacher. So I always knew of God, had always been introduced to God, but really learning and knowing God for myself and building a relationship with him for myself came out of like, look, we've been married for five years and we ain't going to make it to five in a day if we don't change something. And so really allowing God that space to come in and be the center and the foundation of our marriage. God told me I needed to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you got into therapy, did you have a context of therapy at first? Was it more just you were acting in obedience? Girl on TV, child. I was almost be laying on somebody's couch. Okay. If she got tea and tell me to look into her eyes while she's spinning the spoon, don't do it. Uh, everything I saw. <laughs> no. But really having to overcome, I didn't even tell my parents I was in therapy, right? Because we're black. So, you know, oh girl, why are you letting people in your business, et cetera, et cetera. Like all of those same contexts, especially me being in healthcare as well. I understood that this was beyond me, like being worried about somebody being in my business. Clearly somebody needs to be in my business. <laughs> Like, cause I'm not doing well at this. And so really having to submit that level of vulnerability, I tried a couple places. I lollygagged at some points and God really allowed us to find who was going to be for us. It wasn't just me. My husband also went to therapy. We did couple sessions, which were not always fun, but were always effective <laughs> couples in individual therapy sessions. And it was great. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by Christ Couch. Hey, girl. So if you're not familiar with Christ Couch, let me tell you all about it. So every single Monday, I send an email to my email list that is filled with so much information, so much value every single Monday. And I love to call it Christ Couch. Christ Couch is a place where we discuss countless topics, gather together as girlfriends, and share our daily walk through life, all while uplifting one another. Over time, I have been able to learn that Christ allows us to experience his goodness and true vulnerability through relationships. So let's take a seat and share it all on the couch. In this Monday email that you will receive every single Monday from me at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, you'll get a full-on devotional and prayer, a little Motivation Monday, I like to call it, where you get to start the week off with a little motivation and a weekly mental health tip that you can weekly and very easily add to your life. So... If you're interested in Christ Couch, definitely go to the link in my show notes, completely free to you. You'll get an email every single Monday from me, and I cannot wait to share with you all the amazing things on the couch. Now, let's get back to the show. So talk about some of the challenges. So you talked a lot about 
the realizations you had with your mom, but what mm-hmm. was that like and the challenges it was that to uncover that stuff? Because Ooh, you really don't, when I was in therapy and I was really talking about daddy issues, I think to a certain extent, I knew that there was a lot of rejection. I knew that there was mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't really talk to you, but there was a lot of built up bitterness and resentment Yes, that I didn't realize. Was Unforgiveness. Eating away at me and eating away at the impact that God could really have in my life, even my relationship with him. So those are the realizations, but what was it like for you to share and verbalize out of your mouth? Yes. The experience and what that was like. Insane. Because some of the things that I experienced, like my husband's like, you could write a book. Like, and so being in a position, one, to realize that it was impacting my walk with God, it was impacting my marriage. My mom is very results driven. And so I, in turn, have become that way, even with myself, not allowing myself to make mistakes, not gracing myself. I'm always overachiever. I graduated high school with a 4.1 GPA. Like I'm going to nursing school. Girl, my hair fell out one semester. My dad was so mad at me. He was like, if you die, you ain't gonna be nobody's nurse. Like people, I always think too, it was different for me because I feel like a lot of people have daddy issues and my issue was a mommy issue. And I don't feel like that is normalized. Like, you know, the toxic relationship that mothers can have with their daughters where they are either superimposing their will like, it's like a weird competition. Like, sis, calm down. <laughs> and I'm not to pause you because I want to go back to that. But even I've noticed a pattern with very high achieving women. Mm-hmm. Like almost every friend that I know, except a couple, in some way, high achieving women having some negative relationship or any very, like for me, my relationship with my mom was very enmeshed, but also not even negative, but very like almost, you don't really realize it till you're older, just how much it was impactful to you. Yeah. When I say enmeshed, for me, my mom and I's relationship, I was very much so involved with my mom emotionally as a teenager. Like I was just there for her. Like yeah. Your cry. I would talk to her, all those kinds of things. That in my mind, I felt like that was my purpose was to do that. Mm-hmm. And it really created a very big, huge lack of boundaries in yeah. a lot of ways, even throughout the friendships that I had mm-hmm. and just all these things. And also with that, it felt as if I had to affirm my identity from helping other people. Yes. That it became if people had strong personalities or they were very confident who they were, I was intimidated by those people, like mm-hmm. intimidated by their confidence and all of those things. So it created a lot of layers of different things. Yeah. So for you, like, what did that look like? Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. It looks like, again, like me not gracing myself, um, me doing things like I love to help people and I do get validated from that. Um, I love to be able to be like, look at my grades. I got all A's. Everybody clap now. Right. And I did not realize that that was a coping mechanism, but it was, I was just quote unquote sharing my journey. What was so evident was this last time that I went to school in my doctorate program, God told me I couldn't tell nobody. 
So I couldn't post like, so all the things that I had been used to because I was getting my identity from school because I could do that well. And so I wanted to be seen for the things that I could do well, not the things that I couldn't do well, not allowing myself even the space to not do things well. I very much so dealt with perfectionism, which is a form of imposter syndrome, which is also a spirit, like the spirit of perfectionism. I can't be perfect in me, Jesus, right? Wait, right. I can't be perfect and need Jesus. If I'm perfect, what I need Jesus for? Sharla. <laughs> Sharla. <laughs> okay. It, even too with me, I would take on all of these different roles in people's lives. I'm the lawyer in the, in the courtroom, the doctor in the operating room. And again, even, you know, willing to bust my butt working two and three jobs. But God is like, are you going to be Jehovah Jireh or am I? Oh, Okay. So really having to say, okay, cool, because my mom was results driven out of us. Like we couldn't even be bring C's in her house. Cement, literally, I remember her saying this, cement, you need to see me and I don't want to see you. <laughs> we couldn't even bring C's in her house. Like being average was not acceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. Making mistakes is- And even trying to explain yourself- like, don't ever want to hear your excuses, right? So it got me to a point where I wouldn't express my emotions. My husband is a communicator and I have grown to not be, right? Which is so crazy because I love to talk, but not about me, <laughs> not about how I'm feeling. If I'm mad, don't talk to me. But that does not work when you're married. <laughs> like if I'm offended, don't talk to me. And then, you know, three, let me get over it. And then we'll pretend like nothing ever happened. And my husband does not work that way. We need to discuss what happened so we can address the issue and we can move forward so we don't have to do this again. But in my house, <laughs> mom, Baby, mom. <laughs> house is the same way. I'm like, let me yeah. breathe. Just let me mm-hmm. breathe for Like, Don't talk to me. Talk about this right now. And I'll be like, I will walk past you and not talk to you. For seven days. And don't let me, don't try to uh, ask me to be the first one to talk because (laughs) you have tried to come and get me come off my pedestal and I will not. I will will show you how long I will not talk to you. Yes. Yes. Right. But that was the behavior that I grew up seeing. Right. And then it was hard too because it's a passive aggressive. Yes. I'm going to not talk to you and let you feel how upset I am. I'm putting you on punishment like you're a kid. It's manipulation. It is. And manipulation is witchcraft. <laughs> Shut up. Let's talk about oh, it. Yes. So I know y'all get y'all interested. <laughs> like, I like I, that's what God had told me. Using my emotions to manipulate my husband or anybody else to get a result that I want is witchcraft. Yeah, I'm not pulling out no book and doing no spell, but I know if I don't talk to him, he don't like that and I can get what I want. That's manipulation is witchcraft. You are using your emotions to control and manipulate and change the outcomes of things. And where is that fair? And where is that righteous? And how detrimenting that is to the household because the woman, yes, the woman literally sets the tone. Yes. He ain't about to be on no roof or whatever Proverbs say. <laughs> It would be better for you to be on a roof of a house. Yes. Quarrelsome <laughs> woman. Yes. Who just yep. really wants to go off all day mm-hmm. and make you feel horrible. It would be better yeah. to be in a corner somewhere. Yeah. That's what that Something about a, a leaky roof. I mean, that scripture's in there several times. And like about that. We, are, we set the tone. And like you said, manipulation 
because we try to be in charge. And for one, th- no, that ain't even our not even your position. But okay, that's out of order. But two, <laughs> like you said, manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I saw that, you know, with my parents. I think that was another thing as well is my husband and I both came from households where marriages weren't great. (laughs) So my husband's parents got divorced and he'll tell you, you know, like he can't remember ever seeing his parents sleep in the same room. And to me, my dad was deployed a lot, but I saw a lot of dysfunction out of the 17 years that I lived at home. I think my dad may have been home for three years total, not consecutive, but just, you know, like I can remember like three years solid time. And so him coming home and trying to like find his space in this house full of girls, he got four daughters and a wife and, you know, he's been gone for a year, sometimes a year and a half being deployed. Even when he went to Iraq and came back, having to adjust to him having post-traumatic stress, my dad is literally the, he's hilarious. He's like the funniest guy I've ever met. (laughs) And so watching him struggle with, you know, like the cabinets slam too loud and it kind of like set him off and he don't be yelling like that. Right. So I was a little bit older. I was a lot older. I was like 16, 17 years old. So I was able to understand better what he was going through, but I can't grace him and not grace my mother Mm. because it looked different. And so in therapy, it was really just identifying. I like to call get to the root of it. In nursing, we do this thing that's called a drill down. If you have an adverse event that happens, they do a drill down. You file the incident report and you try to figure out like, where did this happen? And so really asking those questions too many times, I feel like we often feel like we need to react right away. And that's not necessarily so. We need to sit down and really feel like, okay, first of all, who's talking to me? Because if it ain't Holy Spirit, then it's only the devil and he can kick rocks. Who said that I couldn't start a podcast? Who said that I couldn't start a business? Who said this? Who said that? Because a lot of times the enemy will use those closest to us to speak in our ear, but really at the root of it, it's still him. So then you can deal with the other it. thing is the other thing is what God does is mm-hmm. God is an exposer. Yes. He brings light. Yep. Darkness. Darkness can't even be around light. Exactly. Because light's gonna shine outshine the darkness. Yep. So with that being said, God wants to expose. And many times, y'all, and this is a lot of hesitation I hear when it comes to going to therapy, is the desire to not go back and look at the old stuff because you're mm-hmm. like, I'm past that. I'm years behind that. But those years behind, sis, are still impacting to this day. You're not. It's roots, right? When you think about things in the Bible, everything is like agricultural, seed time and harvest. So those word curses that my mama spoke to me, those names that she called, the things that she said I would and wouldn't do. If you don't, you can have a garden and have fruit. You can see fruit in the garden. You can have tomatoes, potatoes, greens, beans, whatever Shirley season say it, you name it. You can have that, <laughs> but there also can be weeds growing as well. And after a while, eventually those weeds will start to snuff out your fruit. And so you have to go back. Like you have to. Is it painful? Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. Was I in there crying? The tears sure was, but that's okay. Because not only- Didn't I leave worse than when I'll be coming to therapy school and leave like, 
what did I come? Why do I feel this way? Um, but then over that week, right, in combination with the Holy Spirit, things that God would reveal to me, it wasn't until I was in therapy. It got to the point where I was doing it because it's Jesus and therapy, right? So I would do, you know, the work that my therapist tells me to do, write this out, da, 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 but always inviting the Holy Spirit in because he can give me revelation beyond what the therapist has. So the therapist gives me the tools, right? But then God gives me the revelation. And so I would come back the next week and be like, sis, I didn't figure out Blue's Clues up in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't figure out Blue's Get your notebook. Let's sit on the couch. <laughs> Cultural analogies for me, child. Okay. <laughs> like, two, I think, and I was telling somebody this earlier because I did the podcast interview earlier today. And I said, therapy gave me language. Yeah. Therapy gave me an ability to then go to God about, oh, this is specifically what this is. Mm-hmm. He just expound on it even more yeah. where I'm now aware of the enemy's tactics. I yes. wouldn't know it's rejection. Yes. So then go to God and say, well, what does rejection look like? Oh, well, mm-hmm. then you rejected my son. And this is, what yeah. did. oh, yeah. this is what disappointment feels like. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what happens when you rebel. Yeah. Oh, this is what happens when you do this. And yeah. so- it gave me a different layer of language. And one of the things I always hear women say, especially when it comes to getting in front of God, spending time with them, is like, I don't know what to say. Yep. Well, this is what happens, sis. We become so blinded by our traumas and so deceived thinking that we're okay. And we get into this form of, oh, I've let it go. I've forgiven. But really what you've done is just spray perfume on something. Yes, still stay. And then you don't even have the language to know what to go to God and pray about. So you're just triggered constantly and saying, oh God, just help. Oh God, this, instead of really being empowered, God wants to empower us. He wants to give us the words to then go be Mm -hmm. like what I always say, snipers in the spirit. You should get down one time when you got the word of God to address. It's a chopper. (laughs) Baby, the analogy. <laughs> okay. And then, so I think the one thing you described is just being able to take the tools, yep. do the work and get the revelation. Yeah. Cause God is practical. Yeah. And sometimes we try to over-spiritualize God to the point where you don't like, I'm a medical professional. So I see this all the time. Child, listen to me. This whole pandemic that we have it. I'm going to use wisdom. I, if you don't think that I ain't go through my house with the oil and pray Psalm 91, but I also am going to wear a mask and wash my hands and not go to crowded places. It's not about being fearful. It's about using wisdom, right? Like it's about us not allowing the enemy to make us so spiritually sound that we're no earthly good. Well, God just gonna come. No, there's a story. I think my Gigi told me a story about the man in the boat. He was trapped on the roof of his house because there was a flood and he kept saying he was waiting on God. And so somebody came in a boat and he's like, no, nah, I'm waiting on God. Somebody came in a plane. No, nah, I'm waiting on God. And somebody else came another way, child. And he said, no, nah, I'm waiting on God. So he drowned and died. And when he got to heaven, <laughs> he asked God, he said, what happened? I was waiting on you. He said, I sent three different people to come <laughs> help you and you refused the help. And so a lot of times I feel like, wait, 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 wait. Every time I hear refuse help, I just think of the scripture that talks about God resists the proud. Yes. That's what I say. We use that. Oh, I'm waiting on God. Are you talking about yourself, God? Because the God that I know, I mean, Jesus had 12 disciples. So you can't do this all on your own. If you really feel like, oh, it's just me and God and you talking to the wrong God, you're making yourself God. Oh, 
Now, there are times and points in our walk where we have to have a level of solitude, right? When you think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went before God on his own, but he still had people around him. They were supposed to be in prayer, but they were asleep, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) But he still had people around him, right? Like, because that community is so important. One of the first things when we go through Genesis and we see God creating the earth, everything is good until he sees the atoms by himself. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Up until then, it was all great, baby. And then okay. said, let us. Yes. Even within himself making yep. the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. You better have, come on. So if God rose in the level of three, <laughs> Right. Even when we talk about in, uh, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, right? Like the, the, um, it's not, yes. Right. And a lot of times what happens, especially as women, we feel like, because you're not in relationship with a man that, (laughs) that, that doesn't like to validate your, yeah. Yeah. No. When God says it's not good for you to be alone, period. Paul never got married, but he still was never alone. He still had other people that he traveled with. The disciples were sent out in groups. Girl, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. And actually, y'all will hear this. Actually, y'all won't hear that piece. But what she was telling me was about her boyfriend, how he had gotten to like this freak accident where he was on a jet ski and his arm got pulled off of the jet ski where the key was attached and the key hit his eye and like tore or like, uh, what is it called? The, his LASIK or like cut his LASIK? His cornea. Cornea, something like that. This is the analogy that came in my mind immediately. We are all part of the body. Yes. I may not know how valuable my cornea of my eye is until, until. something happens to me. Yes. So because of that, every single person that is a part of the body of Christ is valuable. The My pinky toe is important because when you hit that thing, that thing hurts. Child. Yes. Girl, when my nail break and I'm feeling the numbness on my finger. That is important. So a lot of us are equating mm-hmm. our value yes. to where we think I, we should be. I teach and, this class on purpose and I talk about this. Well, you, because, teach a, you, know, you teach a class on what? Purpose. Oh, go and ahead. Like, find talk, purpose. About talk about it. And here's the issue is that we're a body, right? Rosalind, how many times today have you thought about your kidneys diaries in real well? Like nobody walking up like, sis, I see you out here diuresing, come through kidneys. Yes, my kidneys out here. Y'all see how many times I beat today? They is out here on it. Nobody, nobody gets the applause for that. Like your lungs, you don't even think about your lungs doing their job, your liver doing its job, your heart doing its job, and you don't see it. Everybody out here want to be eyebrows and eyelashes because that's what gets complimented. Everybody out here wanting to be here because that's what you can see and that's what gets complimented. But you have to understand that there are vital organs that are protected on the inside that may not be seen, but let them junks go left. And then you on dialysis. Let your heart stop working. It's over. You're going to be like, oh my God, what an icebox where your heart used to be. That's it. <laughs> and so when we think about purpose <laughs> and our place in the body of Christ, we cannot equate that used to be but i love me some that was my error all i heard was touched (laughs) (laughs) the girl so funny but we really touch (laughs) okay (laughs) 
but we really, we do that. We feel like I'm not purposeful because I'm not being seen, but every purpose does not have a platform attached to it, but there are people attached to it. And that's what matters, right? Bringing this back to relationship. Yep. There are certain gifts that are different for everybody that I need, even in my relationship. There are people that literally are not super deep that I'm friends with. They're like, it it don't have to be that deep. Yes, it is. But their ability to be realists and be logical. My husband is a realist. He's a very Mm -hmm. logical man. They're just trying to bring you back to life. Girl, I'd be out when my friend says, did you go to Jerusalem? I'd be like, y'all don't even understand. I was at the feet of Jesus, okay? Come on. They're like, is there any space for us? And I'm like, I don't know, girl. I was at the pool of Bethesda. The angel came, he started. I took all his time, okay? (laughs) And three nights, okay? And so- for that reason, I needed to marry a man who was a realist because mm-hmm. if I married a real deep man, we would just be in conversation. Nothing would ever get done. Nothing would it. Elijah would probably be like, when y'all gonna feed me a bottle? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would ever get like, done. Baby, just you ever think about how just amazing the breast milk is and how it's all these vitamins. And Nico's like, if you don't just feed the baby the bottle. Yes. Again. But the immunity, the passive immunity. Okay, let's talk about it. Me, it decreases risk for ear infections, asthma, uh, childhood obesity. Oh, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. But meanwhile, Nico's like, let me just feed the baby the bottle. Okay. He's like, yeah. And, and Elijah's like, if I could ever get some of it, that would be cool. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm that to say relationship is so mm-hmm. it's critical. valuable to our walk. But we have to understand that we are essential parts of that. And let's switch mm-hmm. gears. Let's go back to with therapy. How did therapy just like overall change your relationship with God? Because that was one of the biggest. Yes. I got. You know, what's crazy. It allowed me to be more vulnerable with God because what I was doing was I was presenting this version of myself to God that like, Hey, I am good. And I have it together. Look at me. Bless me, please. <laughs> Instead of like, yo, I am seven degrees of raggedy help. <laughs> all these things I've done. I've done mm-hmm. all these things. Can you just yeah. answer everything? Okay, about that. And then when you didn't answer the prayer, you'd be like, what's wrong Why? with like, yes. What am I not doing? Can you tell yep. me what I need to do? Cause then I'll go do it. Yep. It gave me a deeper level of authenticity in my relationship with God because I had to understand that I was even doing that for God, that performative God, look, I'll go out and I'll serve the poor. And not like putting it on Facebook in a way that was like prideful to me, but I'm like, I would stretch myself beyond capacity, but God wasn't doing the stretching. It was me trying to get a round of applause from God. And he's like, girl, you're good just the way I made you. I love you when you sleep, when you're serving the homeless, but now you're tired and you're all empty and you're throwing out your seed in places where you're not going to get any harvest because I never told you to sow into that ground. So now you're just tired and crabby and mean. <laughs> and you don't even then have the mental space or capacity to serve in the areas that you're called to, like marriage. Yes. Like work. Yes. Yep. Like your own personal rest. Yeah. Because you're so drained. Yeah. That's what that practically looks like, y'all. Mm-hmm. Is you, you're giving everything to everyone else and they mama. Yes. That's you when you really want to say no. Yeah. I was reading in the book called Rules of Engagement. Did I tell you about that book? Yes, Cindy Trim. Auntie Cindy is out. Let me tell y'all, when I get her on the show, Cindy is out here like... Auntie Cindy is coming bringing, for Bringing so. the understanding 
Yes. Seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was reading about it. I'm going to read it actually about attention seeking activities. Yeah. And it was so mind blowing to me about what that actually practically looks like, because we don't realize how, especially again, going back to us who are perfectionists, because here's the thing, there's Mm -hmm. nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And the devil got the same tricks. Even Yeah, he's crafty, but he's not a creator. And once you understand that, like that therapy really allowed me again to stop looking at things emotionally distracted because what will happen is the devil will play on your emotions. And so now you're emotionally distracted. And so you're not even really getting to the root of it. You like, I can't believe this. Instead of understanding and realizing, first of all, this is the spirit of division. So let me just go ahead and burn the devil's camp down real quick because you got me messed up. And it's very interesting how I can talk to you about the experience. We have two different, totally different experiences. Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of the similar like thought processes how Mm -hmm. is that how is that the same because there's no new tricks yep but here's the other revelation Mm -hmm. you new revelation about something you can give me new revelation about something that completely can free us yes yep from all these things yep and so in saying that by going to approval seeking, I'm going to read this to y'all. It says, people yes. who engage in approval seeking activities are people who do anything to get affirmation and acceptance from others. Approval seeking individuals like personal power, self-worth, dignity, and a sense of significance. Approval seeking activities are driven by fear. The, that The instigating spirit will cause you to fear negative responses and feedback and to become so approval dependent that you barter away all your time, energy, and personal preferences for affirmation and approval. 